Hello, listeners. We have some exciting news. Faith Foundations Podcast is having a full-day women's retreat at the Wilderness Center in Wilmot, Ohio. So mark your calendars for July 16th from 9 to 3 p.m. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast, bring some friends and spend the day with me. Breakfast and lunch are included, and there will be scheduled times for you to personally connect with God out in the beautiful surrounding scenery. Follow the event bright link in the show notes for more retreat details and registration. Registration is open until July 1st. Hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Gwen. And we are delighted to have you with us today. We are gathering at the table and, you know, we're thinking topics through and I don't know, I've kind of got something I kind of thought might be good to talk about today, Missy. I, um, I, I had a moment this week when I was talking with a friend and we were talking about how we live life connected to God. Um, and she made the comment that at the church she goes to, she really feels like when she speaks, most people have no idea what she's talking about Mm. when she talks about being connected with the Lord like her and I do. And so it kind of brought to mind, you know, just I think what's kind of gone on in a lot of church culture. It's that we kind of open up our spiritual side of our brain for Sunday mornings and maybe Wednesday nights if we go and maybe Sunday night or you know, special small groups. But outside of that, we just kind of close it off and we turn it off and we live life. Mm. Um, And so what she and I were talking about is how we're living differently than that. And, you know, reading the Old Testament, believers lived differently than that. They didn't just turn on the spiritual side of them for church on Sunday. Mm. Does that make sense? They lived kind of in this daily connection with the Lord where they were bringing life before him all the time. Well, and that is exactly what I was thinking about. You said the Old Testament, but maybe you meant the New Testament. Yeah, the New Testament, yeah. Because church, what church is in the New Testament is nothing like what church looks like for me in my culture, in my world today. True. It's it's not at all alike. Um, I, I think we've tried to pattern ourselves after that, which is good, but we've maybe missed the full implication of what that is, because I don't believe that we do community well as a, as a church body. I don't think we do either. And I don't think we live the gospel well outside of church. Well, we, because we need that day to day living together kind of environment, doing life together. That's something circle of friends has said for years and years and years, but that's, that's the interaction with other believers where you are encouraging one another to live out your faith. Yes. Where you are exhorting one another with the word of God, where you are holding one another accountable in all kinds of ways yeah. and manners. So what if we would talk a little bit, Missy, about just how you and I live um, as a surrendered Christian, like what the day looks like. You know, from like maybe start to finish, when we're tuning into the Lord, when we're reaching out to a friend in accountability, how we're handling a text that comes in, you know, stuff like that. Like what it looks like when we spiritually integrate our lives. 
because I don't know that, you know, if you're new coming into church or, you know, if you've um, kind of grown up in church, if maybe you've ever had anybody exemplify some of this. So I thought it might be good to talk about that a little bit. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. And I think it, it can look it can look different for different people, but maybe if Absolutely. we throw some ideas out there, it might help someone yeah. kind of get in touch with, uh, and you and I've talked about this before, we're uniquely made. Yes, we are. Our personalities, everything about us is unique, and God knows how that is, and he will communicate with us in ways, in the best ways which yeah. we will hear and understand him. Now, I'm not talking about something wild and crazy, because he speaks through his word, and that's where we need to start, yeah. but in terms of practically living out that connection, what that looks like, it's going to be different for different people. I remember you talking about how some people see in images. I have a mm. good friend who she just, that's what she sees. She sees word pictures. And yeah. so um, that's how she feels God connect with her. Um, I'm an author. I love words. I, I, I hear it in my innermost being. I hear something that God is telling me. Mm-hmm. And I know it's him. Because generally, it's not what I want. It's not what I want to hear. It's not what I want to do. Very um, true. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, ah, uh, yeah, that that's right. That's what I need to do. But but others, it's different. I know. Um, for instance, I have a good friend who uh, loves butterflies, and over the course of her life, it just even in day to day, there are times mm. where she sees butterflies in the most unusual in odd and only God kind of places. You know what I'm saying? Now, now if I saw a butterfly, I might really truly enjoy it, but it wouldn't be like, oh, God is speaking to me or he's reassuring me about something or or I just feel that God connect right now. Everyone's different. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else that you feel... Where And where do you feel the closest to God kind of thing? Maybe that's a place yeah. to start, too, to look at yourself, see your personality, and ask yourself how it is God has been speaking to you, and how, how and where you hear him best, maybe. Because God's continually speaking, whether we're listening or not, right? True. And whether we're creating space for it. Right. You know, if we're packing our lives with busy, then, you know, obviously it's easy to be distracted and not give him a time of day. And not not even listen to his voice Mm -hmm. because there's a thousand other voices in our our world speaking to us. Yeah. And, you know, I I have taken to using small moments. Like, for example, um, usually I have about 15, 20 minutes in a car without kids. You know, I'm taking him to school in the morning and I, you know, and then I have the way home or the way to work or whatever. So I will use that car time to do a couple of different things, but it usually, I usually confine it to the theme of prayer. So I will do things like I will pray for people that are popping to mind um, and I'll ask the Lord to bring people to mind. I might use my little voice to text thing and I might text somebody and say, hey, I prayed for you, you know, and sometimes I've even taken to doing a little bit more with that, Missy, I, I'm really kind of trying to make my connection with other believers a little bit deeper, deeper, mm-hmm. a little bit more substance. Mm-hmm. And so I will actually text somebody my prayers, mm-hmm. you know, and then they can read through it and it's like they've joined me in prayer, but they can also see what I've asked the Lord mm-hmm. to do. You know, I, I love that because one of the things I think that we're, we're lacking in understanding about is intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman years ago that my husband and I met. He had a huge impact in our life. And he he had his own journey with the Lord. But in the end, he was a great encourager of, of people, of pastors, of those he could mentor. But he was an, he would pray for you, intercessory prayer. Yeah. And he would send, like he would send my husband six pages of handwritten. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got three or four pages of oh, him handwriting awesome. 
Uh, now, and that was just his thing. He hand wrote it. But, but that's the idea mm-hmm. of how intense this was in the prayers that he prayed, in the scripture mm-hmm. that he listed as, as, I, as I read this scripture or as I was praying for you, God brought this scripture to mind. Yeah. And he didn't try to interpret it for us. He just would give it to us and say, this is what I've been praying, yeah. you know, that you would know the height, the depth, the width, you know, or a number of any other passages that obviously Paul prayed for other people have prayed for that are our prayers in scripture. And sometimes it was just out of the blue scripture that he didn't have any idea why I put it in there. And yeah. it would mean so much to me or my husband, because it's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm struggling with. I need that. So uh, the idea of intercessory prayer and even something like that, where yeah. you, and it's great to say, you know, somebody says, pray for me and you say, I'll pray for you. Yeah. It's even better to say, I did pray for you. And, and this here's is what, what I prayed. prayed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then they, it, it just, it, it, it holds you accountable to the promise you made. Yes. And if you say, yes, I'm going to pray for you and you don't, wow, you've missed yeah. an opportunity and you've also let someone down because prayers, prayers of our brothers and sisters for support, for intercession, for all those yeah. things are so key and important to us. Yeah. The word says that where two or three have gathered in his name, there he is in their midst. Mm. And so, you know, praying in groups is amazing. And I know some people aren't comfortable praying out loud. Um, Tongue in cheek, I'm going to look at you and say, it's probably because you haven't done it (laughs) and you need some practice. Well, that's true. (laughs) And you need to be comfortable and it doesn't, but you don't get comfortable without right. doing it. You've got to try it. You've got to find the yeah. right group of people to do it. And even mm-hmm. if it's just another friend, make sure it's two or three and gather and see what happens yeah. when you when you do that. I, I know sometimes people there and there, you know, there's a flip side of that where you get into a group and somebody prays and you're like, oh, no, so and so is praying. It's going to be an hour. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that. I get all of that. But that is a way and a discipline of prayer that I think we should we should follow and we should we should grab hold of and try to to dig into. Well, and Missy, I I kind of use the whole thing of what you practice in secret is gonna it's gonna flow out of you in public, and so you know your prayers are the same way. If you practice praying out loud mm. in your prayer closet, absolutely in your car when you're alone, in your shower, in you know in those private places, then you get confidence in talking with the Lord. Yeah. You know, and and don't make prayer something crazy. It's a conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I honestly I started by imagining that Jesus was sitting beside me in the car. And so, like, I talked to you, Missy. That's how I started talking to the Lord. Because that's exactly what I saw David do Mm -hmm. in the Psalms. And so I, like, I remember somebody saying, if you want to learn how to pray, read through Psalms and copy it, but make it yours. And I went, well, I can do that. (laughs) And I started doing that. And I think when we introduced Psalm, I did that with Faith Foundations, where I prayed through and showed you kind of how to pray through some of those Psalms. But... The more comfortable you get in private, the more likely you're to be to be mm. comfortable in public. Yeah, and you know, here's here's the thing for me that I and I've learned this through the years. I uh, first of all, we do have an enemy, and he is out to destroy us. And the big thing he would like to, I mean, if if you're in relationship with God, there's not a whole lot he can do to you. Mm-hmm. But if he can if he can break your <laughs> your connection, mm-hmm. your bond, your intimacy with God. Absolutely. Man, he's so happy with that because then you're sort of put on a shelf. And that's yeah. that those are the the most 
well, I'm not going to say, there have been other attacks, uh, spiritual attacks, but that, but that is one constant in my life where it's like just the busyness, the distraction, the not thinking about like, oh, I have this problem. My first thought isn't to pray. So one of the things I've done to combat that, and I think it works for me, is it's like an all-day conversation. Mm-hmm. Good yep. morning, Lord. I don't know what this day is going to bring. Or, you know, recently it's been, good morning, Lord. Help me get out of bed because my, my back or my hip hurts or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you go about your day and whatever's happening, I converse with him about it. And so it, it, it yeah. in my head, if anybody could get in my head, it might look <laughs> or sound kind of wacky. You know, a couple of sentences or whatever, talking to the Lord, and then I'm off doing something else. And, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, by the mm-hmm. way, this remember we're talking about this. Well, this, you know, mm-hmm. so just pick up the conversation for me. Like a friendship that like goes a, all day long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like somebody was yeah. at my house, and I got busy doing something, and then we came back to what we were talking about. And um, and that works for me. It's, I'm not yeah. saying that it's going to work for everyone. Again, you're uniquely made. So there's a way, there's a format, there's something in you uh, to connect with God. He made you that way. Yes. And he, he will pursue you that way. And well, he will open the door and show you and what that way And he's put is. his Holy Spirit inside of you. So literally part of the triune God dwells within you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not crazy to use your imagination and have an all-day-long conversation with the Lord. Um, That's actually one of the things that we would challenge kids with with the NAVs is don't say amen until you go to bed at night. And just let that prayer kind of stay open. Mm. Um, You know, and one of the guys, I will never forget, he said, imagine taking your best friend along with you who's who's like saved your life three times, you know, or whatever, and you ignore him for the whole day. And he's riding along with you. He's following beside you. He's, you know, he's with you every step throughout your day. He's sitting in the cubicle beside you. He's, you know, across the table at lunch. He's everywhere, and you don't talk to him. And you're not even noticing his presence. You're completely engrossed in something else. And, you know, just how it would feel to be that friend to be ignored all day long. And and just to kind of think, okay, so let me treat God like he's my friend. Um, I love the passage in, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 33, that it says that God talked to Moses like a man talks to his friend. There's biblical precedent, even Old Testament, even of Old Testament, God New Testament. wanting to be Jesus saying, friend. I no longer call you servants, but friends. Yes. I mean, yeah. There is yeah. absolutely biblical basis for absolutely for seeing God as your friend. Now, and there's relationship too. Relationship is important here because, well, and maybe we should just even ask, what kind of friend are you being? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, that's you know, a good call. You talk about having somebody with you and you ignoring him. Jesus does not change. God does not change. He is going to. Lo- I mean, he'll he'll ride around in the car with us, us ignoring him forever and love us the same way. It's <laughs> not going to change. I mean, that's the amazing thing about who he is. And so, um, but here's the the good news about this: that at any moment, at any time, we can but turn toward him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've experienced this in my life where I I felt like God was done with me. He didn't want anything to do with me. And I had a friend in high school say, Missy, God didn't walk away from you. You're the one that walked mm-hmm. away from him. And it was pretty powerful, impactful in my life where I thought, yeah. wow. And, and I, that's happened uh, more than once, you know, where I have to stop and say, I, I don't feel you, Lord. Well, 
God's not moved. Yeah. Missy has, you know, kind of done yeah. my own thing. Um, so take a moment and pause and be intentional yeah. and turn toward him. He will open his arms and welcome you home in an instant. If you yeah. have that relationship with him through his son, yeah. Jesus Christ. And once you have that relationship, it can be easy for us. I mean, just think about your church family. Think about being in church. Think about all those things we were we were just talking about where we do church, but it's like it's a momentary thing. It's, yeah. it's a couple hours on Sunday morning. It's an hour on Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yep. It's a, you know, a praise and worship night. It's a, it's a special event. It's not a lifestyle not a lifestyle and it's not a relationship yeah and so I guess you know the biggest thing that kind of came from this conversation with my friend was just that um there's a whole lot of people it seems like don't understand when she and I would be talking about you know yeah I you know as I'm going throughout my day I'm asking the Lord hey what you, you know I've got an hour and a half who should I call what should I do with this hour? You know, that that wouldn't necessarily occur maybe to the average Christian even today. Um, now, according to Barnum's research, about 80% of the church does not have a Christian worldview. They do not have a consistency in the word. They're not walking it out except for church on Sunday. So, you know, we're not talking about 20% of the church. We're talking about a large part of the Christian community. Um, and, you know, Missy, I just wonder if we could get ourselves up to 50%, mm. you know, what it would look like if we had 50% of active people in church trying to be in the Word at some point daily, you know, trying to be keeping a Bible verse chewing around in their brain as they go about life. You know, if it's one that they're taking and they're focusing on a passage for a week, um, you know, something like that. I'm wondering how it would change us as a church. You know, how would it change our reputation as Christians mm. to the world? You know, how would it change um, our foundation? So I, I guess I'm kind of with today, I'm issuing a challenge. And my challenge is tune into the Lord more. Get in his word. Find some verses to chew. Um, I had a verse, a set of verses that kind of came to mind with this, Missy, and I've written on the side of this, the life of a serious sold out believer versus the comfy churched Christian. All right. Um, and it's actually verses, uh, it's first Corinthians chapter four and it's verses nine all the way down to 14. So, all right, I'm going to try to read this and hopefully I don't butcher it. Let's see. For, uh, this is Paul talking, and he's talking about himself as um, apostles and leaders of the church, okay? So he goes, For I think God has exhibited us apostles, last of all, as a man as a man condemned to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. Now this is where he starts comparing a serious believer who's sold out and a comfy churched Christian. Um, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. We are distinguished, but you, we are without honor. And to this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and roughly treated and are homeless. We toil working with our own hands and we are reviled. 
sorry, let me reread that. When we are reviled, we bless. And when we're persecuted, we endure. When we're slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become the scum of the world and the dregs of all things, even into now. And then verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. If you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have become your father through the gospel. Therefore, I exhort you to be imitators of me. And then he goes, for this very reason, I send you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ. And just as I teach everywhere in every church. Um, here's the thing. We don't have a ton of believers that are living lives that they would have confidence to say, imitate me. Mm. We really don't. Um, and that's what we need. We need mothers and fathers in the church who are rising up, who have incredibly deep, faithful faithful relationships with the Lord that don't need that position of leadership in the church. They're not striving to be the youth minister or the leader of the women's ministry or, you know, the known for this, but they're the ones that are quietly doing what the woman does in war room. You know, you've got this older lady who literally has a prayer closet and she realizes she's not passed on what she's learned and in, in how to pray, and how to pray spiritually warfare. And so what she does is she asks the Lord for somebody, for somebody to bring alongside to teach. And that's the thing we're missing in the church. We don't have women and men who are going, you know what, this, this one over here, Lord, would this one be somebody I can pour into who's looking for somebody to pour their lives in? That kind of that reproduction, that discipleship type thing. We've got discipleship programs, but this is like a life-on-life life type of thing. Like, here's what I do with stuff. Let's meet together consistently on a consistent basis. Um, that's We need to get men and women who are qualified to do that, who recognize that they're living a life where they can easily do that. Mm. I don't know. I just, I really want to challenge, I think, some believers to get faithful in the Word and to really dig deep into God's Word so that you can become one of the mothers and fathers. Because what do we have in our communities right now the home is being attacked yeah we have kids growing up without fathers we've got kids growing up without good mother examples we've got adults who don't know how to parent or love on kids because they didn't get, have a real great example and they're trying to figure it out with no example to follow mm. i i just you know missy i really want to just I don't know. I don't want condemnation to be the thing. Yeah. I want inspiration. Yeah. I want to encourage people. You know, to edify means to call people out alongside to follow yeah. in a path. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking just in our culture, uh, even outside the church, mentorship is such a big thing and has been for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and, and why is that? It's because I think there is a hunger for younger people to to gain knowledge. Um, it's been sort of sad to me in a couple of churches that I've been uh, involved with in the last uh, decade uh, trying to get a mentorship program started, and, and older women are just saying, no, I don't, I can't. 
I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy. I can't do that or or trying to to match that up. And it breaks my heart because uh, obviously being involved with Circle of Friends for so long, that's, you know, seeing the generation rising up and to be reaching out to uh, younger believers is it's everything for us. We, we want to, we want to pass the torch, so to speak. Yes. Um, and it's, it's broken my heart a number of times not to see that happening more readily. And I may, you know, there may be a lot of reasons for that, but to continue to try to, to reach out and I've done it. I've done some mentoring. I, I think of one young woman that I've, and it's, it's an ongoing basis, but it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. It's not. She calls me when she wants to call as me. As needed. As needed. She come, And I've thought from the very beginning, you know, just even sitting there listening to her, thinking, Lord, what do I have to give to her? She is a bright, amazing young woman. And as I maybe share a couple things, she comes back with her own process of growth or these are the things I should do. So it's not really, it's, it's less me helping her, so to speak, mm-hmm. than it has been just being there, just obviously pray for her and encourage her and to listen uh, and to watch that happen. You know, we've looked back on things that we've prayed for and watched the Lord answer that prayer. And, you know, we chuckle now and say, remember, remember we talked mm-hmm. about this. And remember we mm-hmm. said, okay, this is this is the direction. This is what you want for your life. But yeah. when you get there, these are some of the things that are going to happen. And so to look back, uh, it just makes me smile. But whatever opportunities the Lord will give you, and, yeah. and wherever you're at in life, there is someone that you can walk beside. Absolutely. Older, younger, however that looks. Um, Even in friendship. Yeah. I I mean, Missy, I've got a wonderful example the other day that I saw. Um, I watched my grandmother, who is 80-something. I think she's getting close to 90. But she had one of her old and dearest friends over. And I watched these ladies when I was like 9 or 10 Mm -hmm. sing quartet up in front, you know, three, four-part harmony on some of these old gospel uh, hymn songs and stuff. And so they've been friends that long at least. Um, And so we're sitting at the table having dinner, and we start talking about their lives. Um, And uh, this older lady who's friends with my grandma, I started just asking her, well, you know, how did you get, you know, what did life look like? And what ended up happening is my grandma's sitting beside her, um, and they are so comfortable with one another that my precious grandmother is scooping potatoes and putting them on her plate, and, and they're just squabbling back and forth a little bit over, you know, grandma doing that and whatever. But then they start talking about things that have happened along the way and how there was an issue that had my friend, grandma's friend all wound up and grandma was evidently there and grabbed hold of her and said, don't you dare, you're not reacting that way. I know what you're fixing to do. And it was just beautiful to watch like 40 years of relationship of two Christian women who attended the same church but lived lives together connected. They walked each other through hard times. Mm -hmm. They prayed for each other. And I sat there. Sorry, I'm going to get a little emotional on this one. But I sat there and I thought, Grandma does what I do, what I try to do in the lives of my friends and people around me. She loves people side by side for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what the church is supposed to look like. But I, you know, I, I thought of that 
a couple days later, thinking about my best friend Gloria, which we've had on here in past podcasts, um, and a radio or some, sometimes she's been on with me, but I sat there and I thought I need to tell grandma. So I called her up and I said, Hey, I just want to tell you the other day when I saw that, that was such an amazing example for me. And I just want you to know that. And so, you know, I think sometimes we need to let others know when we see them living that way too, because grandma's like, well, thank you for pointing that out because I don't, you know, I feel like it gets missed so much. So any case, I just, this was a pretty interesting week, I think, for just living life on life with other believers and just challenging myself again afresh of how to be more connected, mm. how to intercede for the friends around me. You know, um, if, I, if you know somebody's going through something, to really pray for them, you know, to make yourself a sticky note and carry it around or to set a set part of your schedule and pair it with that prayer request. That, you know, for the moment that you're in that car alone, you're praying for the person that's really struggling. And then you reach out and you tell them that you prayed. Or maybe you, I don't know, have you seen Marco Polo, the, mm -hmm. the phone app? Yeah. You can literally do a mini video message. And so I will sometimes just set that and I will just be doing dishes or, you know, working or whatever. But I will just pray for that person. And it's like they get to sit in on my prayer mm -hmm. whenever they've got time and they can watch the video. Um, and so I've looked for ways to kind of connect with believers outside of that time frame of, you know, we're busy right now, whatever, um, to just build that sense of community tighter. Um, and so my challenge I'm going to leave everybody with today is who can you be praying for? Who can you be reaching out to? How can you be connecting with the Lord more intently during your day, more purposefully, um, so that you're not just leaving this to a Sunday morning faith, but that you're in tune with the Holy Spirit in the Lord um, throughout your day, throughout life, that you're looking for ways to bless people, you're looking for ways to meet a need, to love on somebody, to listen to somebody, to pray for somebody. Um, and so I think we need that as people are struggling and lonely. We've had a lot of isolation in the last couple of years. A lot of friendships have blown up. A lot of things have just happened. Um, and life is that way, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. We're always going to leave you on our Monday podcast with open the word. I mean, that's kind of our heart for the big picture. It's get yourself in the word, but then connect to others, love on others, and try to be Jesus's hands and feet in the lives of others. Thanks for joining us today. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design.
then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.